really have reasons. You'll have to come up with your own. morning. This is uh, Joanna Perpich along with Megan Duffy, and this is Crime Talk BK. Megan, are you Good there? Morning. I'm here, girl. Uh, so uh, this morning, Megan sent me this really lovely song to use as our intro. It, it is, is one of my favorite. <laughs> it's called Dirty Laundry by Don Henley. And uh-huh. uh, the version that I was playing is a uh, parody 
uh, done by the Global News. And uh, <clears throat> let me see. Uh, so Don Henley had this uh, music video competition. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, so two different broadcasters oh, we're having. I lost you. Do you hear me? Hello? Yeah, we can hear you. Hey, Megan. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think we're having some technical issues. <coughs> um, Megan, are you back? Hmm. Okay, so, Megan, I cannot hear you right now. Uh, I'm just going to keep on telling this story, and then I'm also going to try to see if maybe I can use my cell phone. Just give me one moment. All right, so I have plugged in my cell phone, Megan. So you can call my cell. <laughs> All right, well, for our listeners, I'm just going to keep on going with the story of uh, dirty laundry. Um, <clears throat> let me see if this works. Megan, are you here? Can you hear me? Hello? Yep. Oh, it's so quiet. But yes, we can hear you. Okay. Tell me what you had for breakfast. So I'm having a Tecate. A Tecate? Yeah, so Mexican beer. Okay. I'm really hoping that... It weird. It was fine and then you just cut out. So. Yay, technical difficulties. Please bear with us. Hmm. I'm hoping that our um, <clears throat> that our uh, listeners can hear you though, because uh, you're really quiet on my phone. Hmm. I'm, all on, I'm on full volume. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I want to make sure I'm using the board correctly, because your levels aren't being read on it. So I'm a little bit concerned that they might not be able to hear you. Um, well, anyway, <laughs> it's hard to multitask. Just give me one moment. All right. Um, well, why don't we just keep going the best we can, praying that this works? I don't know why I would have cut out. It was very strange. Yeah. Nothing like that's ever happened before, where the volume just stopped. Hmm. Do you want to try maybe... Did you, And you tried calling the phone twice, right? Yeah. Do you want me to call again? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm going to... <laughs> I, I should also warn our listeners that today was not a coffee day for me, and so I am... Possibly um, not quite as up on it as I would like. 
Um, all right. Well, for anyone who wants to call in and push Megan off of the line, our phone number is 718-928-9732. All right, Megan, do you hear me? Hi, Megan. Can't hear you. Oh, shoot. Damn it. Okay. Well, I guess that's a no go. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe I press something. All right. Uh, so, um, as I was saying, um, there was a, a competition um, between these different newsrooms to make their own music video um, with uh, Dirty Laundry. And uh, so the one that Megan sent me is the music video from Global News done in 1985. It is charming. Um, just really adorable. They're having a ton of fun. Uh, at one point, they use a smoke machine. Uh, so I just really love the pitch meeting where there's like some executive who's like, guys, I have an idea. And uh, so that's Dirty Laundry, um, the revamp of by Global News. I suggest everybody watch it. All right, Megan, are we are we ready to, to try to, to try to do this? Megan, are you there? Hello. Megan? I'm here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we're just going to uh, try to carry on, see what happens. Um, so the reason why we chose Dirty Laundry today is because we're going to be talking about uh, Trump's uh, possible impeachment. And uh, in general, the news has just been bonkers. Megan, what's your opinions on all this? Even if there's a vote in the House to push it forward, I really don't think that uh, he'll get convicted in the Senate. So that's just my opinion. And do you think that's because he hasn't done anything, or do you think that's because of politics? I think that's purely politics. He's done more than enough to be impeached. Let's be frank. Yeah. I mean, you know, they put Bill Clinton up for... Uh, witness tampering back in 1999. Uh, mm -hmm. This guy is colluding with foreign countries to win elections. Bigger. Yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> um. Well, before we go on to the impeachment, uh, I have a few announcements for Radio Free Brooklyn, and also a uh, we have. A little bit of news of the week that we've been collecting, including a uh, Nixium update and some stuff on Jeffrey Epstein, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, but first... I mean, the gift that keeps on giving, this guy. Oh, unfortunately. Uh, but first, let's uh, hear about Me Bottle. Um, this week I'm trying to call it Me Bottle instead of M-E. It's capital M-E followed by bottle. Um, alright, so after more than a year of dreaming, research, experimenting, late night conference calls, and early Saturday morning meetings, the Me Team is happy and proud to present to you the Me Bottle. What's the Me Bottle? It is a, uh, 
double insulated reusable stainless steel bottle that disinfects water. That's pretty awesome. It disinfects water in 60 second cycle using UVC LED technology and it is 99.99% effective against E. coli. All right, so when I first got this, uh, when I first heard about Me Bottle, I was like, oh, it's a water bottle for $50 billion. But no, actually it's super cool. Uh, like you can use this if you like have questions about your drinking water. I'm assuming that you can use this when you're hiking. Um, I think it is just really awesome and gives you a certain amount of peace of mind to know that you're actually drinking clean water. Uh, so raise your bottle and drink to you and me. Uh, you can find out more about Me Bottle at MeBottle.com. Uh, they have information about their company. I'm assuming they have uh, ways to, to buy these wonderful bottles. I think it's really cool, you know? It's kind of like reinventing the wheel, but like in a really yeah, awesome... Like beneficial way for everybody. Mm -hmm. I dig it. Are you going to buy a me bottle? Later. I might buy one. I mean, you know, we're going to come up on a water shortage sooner or later. Oh, Arizona. Get a me bottle. Yeah. Can't drink Tecate all the time. <laughs> I really admire you for your morning drinking. I can't do it. <laughs> I like it. I, it I, for me, it goes nicely with the show. Yeah. Mind, mind you, I usually take a nap right after. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, start out. Jeffrey Epstein, what's going on with this guy? Okay, so, a couple things. Uh, first, um, so he, this is all about uh, his will and his money, right? So, mm -hmm. he, he signed a new will right before he killed himself, um, assigning his estate to the Virgin Islands, which was very strategic on his part because uh, the legal system down there is very small and minimal. And so you have this huge complex will and the, all of these civil cases coming out of it and the Virgin Islands are going to run it when they have like five attorneys, literally five attorneys that deal with the state and two magistrates. Right, so two magistrates on all of the islands that deal with something like this. Mm -hmm. you, so you can imagine, like, how how crazy and complex it is. Like the years that it would take to run through a New York City court. This could take. It's estimated, and my sources uh, of this podcast broken by broken Jeffrey Epstein, twenty to forty years to probate this matter in the Virgin Islands. Well, really? Yeah. So and. Another thing is he he owns two islands down there. He's got businesses down there. He basically owns the power structure, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's very crazy. Um, so the the one way that uh, any claims against his estate from his victims could get around this is that because um, everything's in a trust. The trust can give money out to anybody before the will is probated. They mm -hmm. absolutely can. It's entirely up to them. But um, if the government, if okay, so if Epstein got his money illegally, it could eventually just be the government can seize the whole thing, right? Yeah. And then it's and then it's the government's money, and then they can assign the money to whomever they see fit. Um, and because if they seize it, the will is irrelevant. 
and the statute of limitations on his crimes does not apply to the money obtained during his crimes. All tainted money can be seized at any time. So, right. So, for example, like in the Madoff scheme, right? Everybody who made money off that Ponzi scheme had their funds seized. His wife, his friends, anybody in, you know, like anybody who made money off that Ponzi scheme, the government came in and took all their money. Yes. Right. So, we don't, I mean, like, and that's another thing is we don't know how Epstein made his money, which I will find out. I'm hoping to find out by next week. He was just gifted it by the Tooth Fairy. Oh, yeah. Right. I think it's blackmail. (laughs) Blackmail and arms dealing and totally speculation. Wild speculation on my part. But um, he wasn't he wasn't uh, the successful hedge fund investor that he was like, this is all dark money mm-hmm. We're, and we don't, we don't know where it came from. So, uh, so that's, I'm hoping to find out by next week. Cause this was a deep, deep, dark rabbit hole that I just needed to crawl out of last night before I went to bed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's that. And then there's another thing where his uh, the New York Post had uh, reported that his former butler was dishing on guests at his Paris estate. So it was like Prince Andrew and Steve Bannon, Bill and Melinda Gates, who have since come out and said, we talked to him because he's rich. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a great uh, basis for friendship, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, you know, they want donations for the Gates Foundation. I guess you have to sit down with rich people. That's that's their premise. <laughs> um, uh, the butler has claimed that, you know, he's been hosting famous guests in Paris. Uh, and that, you know, the parties, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I can see... I mean, like, Steve Bannon is a shady character. Mm-hmm. I can see where they were best buds, right? Yeah. Um, Bannon's, Bannon's spokesperson has denied that he stayed at Epstein's apartment in Paris, but didn't say that they didn't visit. He just said he didn't stay there. <laughs> so, and, you know, Bannon also needs a lot of money to, to uh, bankroll his political agenda. Mm-hmm. And Epstein's got a lot. Epstein's got a lot of money, and all he wants is power and access. You know, he doesn't really give a shit whose politics he's buying into. So those are my Epstein updates for the week. I'm hoping to have more next week. Um, not as down and dirty as they usually are, but uh, this money thing, this Virgin Islands thing, is crazy. Yeah, well, and also, like, I know we always say it, but Jeffrey Epstein was, like, so, so, so connected. Yeah. You know? He, he owns the political structure down there, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like meeting some sort of evil god. 
Mm-hmm. It's so wild that, uh, is this just like what rich people are like? They just know everyone and have like billions of dollars that just fly out of their body? I don't know. Like, you know, Bill Gates has just as much money as this guy does. And you don't see him owning pedophile island. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Jeez. Yeah, I am yeah. curious to see like where Jeffrey... Well, because when we first started covering Jeffrey Epstein, and I'm digging into it, I'm like, yeah, let's get to the bottom of this. And I'm like, Jeffrey Epstein bio. And it's just like this weird black hole. You know? Yeah, he falls off He falls off the, 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 the legitimate business radar, right? Yeah. He, he, he stops working at Bear Stearns or whatever it is, and then nobody knows where his money comes from. <laughs> Maybe he has a sugar daddy. Mmm. Sugar parent. I don't know. How deep is it? Project Blue Book. (laughs) Goes directly to the top. (laughs) But like maybe. Oh my god. I so I work on a um on a show. I I'm like a I do TV and I've been doing a lot of research into like conspiracy theories and paranormal. And mm-hmm. I have to say that uh, I feel like reading conspiracy theories does something to your brain uh, because I'm on these websites that is very like 8chan-esque where you're assuming that everyone is making several leaps from reality to express <laughs> some of their opinions. Yeah. And I mean, I do talk to people I mean, I, who are very legitimate, but like some stuff is like, like the alien autopsy video. Mm. Have you seen that? No. I don't think what it's is, real. What is that? <laughs> it's just this video from like the 90s and it's supposed to be in Area 51. And you have like this researcher oh. who's like, fuck this, I've got to know what's going on. And he has like a camera with him and he opens a door and there are these scientists, like surgical gear, who are doing an autopsy on an alien on like a table. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, like, I, you know, mm, uh, I love a good conspiracy theory because there's some of them are just so outlandish that they I find them kind of humorous. Um, and then uh, you know, most of them are almost unbelievable. But then it. Like, like this Epstein thing, it's like, but this shit is true. Yeah, no, but it's like wild because it's like you get into this kind of conspiracy state of mind. But then, like, when you see the the stuff that's true, there's like this weird disconnect. You know, it's, it's like you almost don't want to believe it because it seems so crazy. It is so crazy, right? Yeah, and it most absolutely I mean, happened, my- too. Like, these women are telling like the my, truth. M- these women are definitely telling the truth. My little human brain ha- is having such a hard time processing how crazy this whole thing is. <laughs> no one said anything. No one. In his circle. Ha- that is so fucked up to me. Like, what? Where is the humanity? That's. That's. That's where I'm at with this whole thing. That's why I'm so fascinated by it. Like, just where is the humanity in his circle? He bought everybody. Everybody was bought. 
and they were just fine with it. It's scary to think about the power of money. It boggles the mind. It really does. Uh, Yeah. It reaffirms the it reaffirms the fact that I basically hate everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a cynical old bitch. That's it. I mean, you should be. If it helps you catch people like Epstein, my God. Maybe we (laughs) should. It's just like, I don't know, so as per usual, I was watching an episode of Star Trek last night, and basically these guys, these people from, like, 2020, uh, get, uh, like, frozen after they die, right? That's the Uh thing. And then, like, the Star Trek people find them and bring them back to life, and this one guy is this, like, fabulously rich banker, and, uh, you watch him going through this, like, crisis of realizing that he now lives in a world where money does not equal power. Right. And, um, it really started making me think that, um, it, it, it's just a little bit, like, mind-boggling how entrenched we are in this system where we just assume that money means power. And when you see someone like Jeffrey Epstein, you know, that is exactly what happened. That is like the system that we've built is it allows people like this to hide. Yeah, exactly. In plain sight. Yeah. Hide in plain sight. <clears throat> well, maybe someday the Enterprise will save us and tell us that everyone's needs are taken care of and no one struggles and we won't need power in that way anymore. One can hope. Well. <laughs> Picard, if the, please if the, save us. If, if climate change keeps going the way it is, water is going to equal power. And then you can buy one of the water bottles? Yep. You and I <laughs> will have our me bottles sponsoring Radio Free Brooklyn, and we'll have all the power with our little me bottles. I kind of want to get one, actually. Um, I might, yeah. All right, sorry. I have to focus. I have not had my coffee. <laughs> uh, um, girl. So back onto um, conspiracies. I have a Nixium update. Yes, please. All right. Uh, so, uh, two women who were forcibly involved with Keith Raniere uh, are writing a book, and oh. uh, one of the women is. Uh, Damn it, I did not... Oh, she's anonymous. I'm like, where's her name? I think that she's not revealing that. Uh, She, uh... Ranieri impregnated her while she was Mm. at Nexium. She's, like, one of his uh, girlfriends. And, uh... So they were dating during the time that Ranieri started a cult. Oh, God. And, uh... She was a primary witness uh, in the trial... And uh, so it sounds like, you know, she's kind of on the outside. She's dating Ranieri. Ranieri's doing his thing, branding his sex slaves. And he just sort of like sucks her in. But she was never in a position to be prosecuted. Uh, She was kind of like this probably very freaked out fly on the wall for all of this. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it got to a point where she wanted out. And she and her son... Uh, of whom Ranieri is the father, uh, they actually ran away to Florida, changed their identities. Uh, but then she claims that Ranieri uh, spent like a million dollars 
trying to hunt her down. He eventually found her. She's working as a waitress in a cafe. Just trying to, like, live her life, put that behind her. And he's just, like, really targeting her, going after her. Uh, well, she has gotten a book deal. And she's ready to tell oh. all. Good. I want to read it. Yes. I'll be the first to buy it. I just, like, don't even know what to do with that. It's like, I don't know. I've been in love with some really, like, fucked up. I've been in some, like, really bizarre situ- romantic situations where I can kind of understand if it's like, oh, so and so staring a cult, and you're just kind of like, but I love you. You know, and <laughs> I'm sure that if Ranieri's able to manipulate these these women that he brought into the cult, he's certainly manipulating his girlfriend. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. 100%. But the thing is, like, because he's so obsessive, right? He's obsessed He's obsessed about controlling. And these women aren't, you know, the relationships aren't normal relationships. It's almost like he he sees that he's, it's an ownership for him, right? Yeah. And this one, this one get away, he can't have that. So he stalks her and hunts her down. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it's, it's all par for the course for, quite frankly, a cult leader. That's yeah. not surprising. I've had a, I've had an ex-boyfriend stalker in my really? life. Two times. That's frightening. I made some bad choices when I was young. Yeah. <laughs> It is frightening. It's scary. Uh, you know, they've, they, I'd one like crawl up to my, outside of my building on my balcony on the fourth, and I was on the fourth floor when I was in college. Oh, someone did it's, that to me. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like and, and bless my, because I had a roommate at the time, bless her. She like flung the sliding door open, grabbed him by his hair, and threw him out the front door. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. Why are guys like and then we that? Call- I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 a very, I don't know. It's like a control thing, a possessive thing, a desperation thing. There's clearly some mental health issues going on there. Um, yeah. I mean, I a, you know. Oh, so, I had a guy know, that you- I talked to in front of my apartment for 30 seconds. He found me on, like, Instagram and Facebook and started messaging me, so I went to the police. Ah. Ah. And they parked a little cop car in front of my building. Run away. I must have looked really freaked out. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. I just don't... I just don't get it. Like, I really... Not to say that... There are some women out there like that, too. I'm not saying it's just men. Like, there are some unhinged women who also need some mental health care. Yeah, uh, but it's so, like, if you are ever in a situation where you think Keith Raniere might make the same decision that you're making, you should reevaluate. If you <laughs> run into a man who thinks he's God and has a pack of women standing behind him, run. Yeah, no kidding. Run. I don't care how flattering he is to you. Run. Um, That's my advice. There's also a book coming out by um, India Oxenberg, who is one of the women who got sucked in by uh, Smallville star Allison Mack. Oh, really? Yeah, and so India's an actress, and her mom, uh, Catherine Oxenberg, was on Dynasty. And, oh, yes. Yeah, and so India got, like, pulled into the cult. She was branded, like, real bad. 
And uh, her mom, Catherine, God bless her, was all, not my daughter, and ran in and tried to save her. But, of course, you know, like, being deprogrammed from a cult takes a lot of work. And uh, India's friends say that the breaking point for her personally was was that she was in New York City and she fell in love with this uh, chef in, I think, the Lower East Side called, uh, who works at uh, Double Zero. And so they started dating and her chef boyfriend is like, sweetheart, I think you're in a cult. And I don't think Ranieri. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was like, I don't think Ranieri's ever going to let you go. And I'm kind of not okay with it. <laughs> and so she right? left the cult for him. Thank the Lord. Yeah. So India's writing a book. Her mom also wrote a book called Captive, A Mother's Crusade to Save Her Daughter from a Terrifying Cult. That name sounds like <laughs> it was self-published, but sure. Okay. Um, well, she needs a better editor. Yeah. Uh, so we have like a couple books over Nexium. If you are interested in learning more, I honestly don't have the heart to read these books. They sound too sad. I, you know what? Honestly, I agree with you. The court case is enough for me. Yeah, but it's, I hope that maybe writing it provides some peace to these women. I'm sure it's uh, cathartic and and you know therapeutic for them to to get their story out to be understood. Uh, you know, because a lot of people sit in judgment of those women. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, if, that, if, it, if it helps them also get that money. No kidding. You know? uh, and it's kind of satisfying money. to know that Keith Raniere is never going to benefit from this because of it's the son of Sam Law, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I can it's see them doing a movie about Nexium Lifetime. Going, someone's going to. Yeah. I would love to do a doc Someone's on it. Who's, who should play him in a movie? <laughs> I, I think, don't even know. I know. All the good ones have already played cult leaders. So I was like, to be an unknown. I'm looking up. He looks really... Oh, I can't type today because I'm... Oh, well, I mean, like, let's be real. The shaker sweaters and the bad haircut. Like, come on. <laughs> How... How in the hell did anybody find this man attractive? I feel like Tom Cruise could play him. I would never see it. I hate Tom Cruise. Really? Why? I can't. I I can't support Tom Cruise. I can't. What do you do? He's a Scientologist. Oh well, he's in a cult. It's perfect. (laughs) But I think they look kind of similar in the face a little. Like I could see if Tom Cruise had like a bad wig and facial hair. He would never. Bring his looks down like that. Like, he would never. <laughs> Maybe, ooh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Let me get a photo of him up. Mm-hmm. All right, folks. He's not that attractive. Since uh, Megan has been booted off of the... Oh, yeah, Russell... Oh, yeah, poor guy. He aged. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, so, folks, uh, we actually have a phone line free. So, if you want to call into the studio and let us know which actor should play Keith... Re- Johnny Depp. Oh, no. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love me some Johnny Depp. I really do. But no. I I'm think just, Russell Crowe. I'm just naming people now. Russell Crowe. Okay. Um. Yeah, so our phone line Willem, is... Willem... Who? Willem Dafoe. No, he's too pure. <laughs> he's so cute. 
in a weird way. Yeah, he's like a adorable old guy. All right, we're so off topic. <laughs> Par for the course, girl. Today is today is a very discombobulated day. Very. Oh, last night I was at a bar and I kept on. This guy was wearing the same shirt that um, friend of the show Ashton Baker owns. And so I kept on going up to this guy and talking to him, and he would turn around and be like, oh, you're not my boyfriend. Who are you? And he's like, please stop talking to me. And I did ah. it like three or four times. Please stop talking to me? Well, it was like, I would like Rude. go away. I got kind of confused. I'd see him again, run up. It was not. <laughs> so we're in the twilight zone now. It's, it's been a week. It's which been is a week. clearly affecting our ability to word. All right. Um, so, why don't I cover the murderous Princeton grad quickly? Yes, go for it. Okay. So, uh, back in June, Princeton grad Thomas Gilbert Jr. was convicted of second degree murder for shooting his dad in the head. I'm just going to do a quick recap. Oh, yeah. And didn't he, like, tell his mom to get a sandwich or something so that she wouldn't be... Yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. him. So, you know, so this guy grows up in a lap of luxury, prep schools, Chelsea apartment, Jeep, two country club memberships, all on his parents' dime, right? Mm-hmm. His parent and his parents give him uh, a monthly allowance, which, you know, as a 48-year-old woman, I laugh at. Like, I haven't had an allowance since I was 14. Thank you. Um, at one point, they were, it was about $800 a month. And then they were trying to, like, wean him off this sort of allowance and make him self-sufficient. But he refused to get a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, you know, it's not surprising, considering. Uh, so, the one morning... He and his dad had an argument because his dad had cut his allowance from 400 to 300 now. So there's been some reductions prior to this, right? And I wish if anyone <laughs> wants to pay me $300 a month, like. But, I mean, I'll take 100. Thank you. Right? Like 50. Just send me 50. Venmo. Venmo me. Um. At cri- like the crime, we should set up a crime talk BK Patreon. Oh, totally, totally. If anyone wants to buy his beers in the morning, once I'm trained on the board, girl, I'm taking control of the Patreon page. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. we're with a nonprofit, so I think it goes to keeping the lights on. That doesn't. That's all right. I'll give it to the radio station. We'll keep the beer in the fridge. <laughs> the station. That's fine. Um. So. You know, they're, they're bankrolling his lifestyle. They're doing all of these things. And his dad um, reduced his allowance by 100 bucks, and then threatened to take it all away entirely because they had this big argument. So that day, uh, it was January 4th, 2015, he shows up at his parents' house, tells his mom that he wants a sandwich. So she goes to the store and puts a gun to his dad's temple and shoots him mom shows back up with a sandwich and a coke and you know calls the calls the uh ambulance calls 911 and then says um that her son is a schizophrenic 
you know, so she's thinking that that'll help him not get arrested. Uh, he gets arrested anyway, clearly. Mm-hmm. So he was tried and, and then in June he was sentenced. I'm sorry. He was tried and convicted in June. And this past Friday, he was sentenced to 30 years to life in prison for killing his dad. But his mother still blames the state of New York and the lack of adequate mental health care because her son is a schizophrenic. Now, I'm sorry. Maybe mom not allowing her son to take responsibility for his actions is part of the problem. I'm just saying. Yeah, but I mean, there's plenty of like spoiled rich kids who get cut off who don't kill their parents. I agree, but if if he was a schizophrenic and they have that fucking much money, you don't get to blame the state of New York's lack of mental health when you can pay for a private hospital. Yeah, it's whole weird. I mean, I kind of understand where she's coming from in that, like, she's lost everything. And I think she's just desperate to rationalize it. I agree. I totally get like, that. Like, I'm too. not even sure if he actually is schizophrenic. You know, in He's general, not, also, schizophrenic people don't kill you. He it sounds like he had motive. Criminal record. He has motive. He doesn't have a criminal record otherwise. Yeah, this is totally someone who knew what he was doing. He removed his mother mm-hmm. from the situation before it happened. I personally do not think that it was a voice in his head. Like, no. God, I just, oh my God. Well, it's also just like, Lol on him, though. Like, he's upset that he doesn't have an allowance. Well, now he's in prison. Oh, I know. Poor baby. This is... And, I, I mean, like, look, I'm not a mother. I'll never understand. Like, I'm glad I have my mother. Uh, but, but, honestly, my mother would never try and explain away my bad behavior. Yeah. She would look at me dead, dead in the face and go, that's some shitty behavior. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Mm. Well, so, thanks for yeah. the update. I mean, I'm glad he got prosecuted. As you were saying with Jeffrey Epstein, it's a bit of a crapshoot once you sit at a certain level of wealth. <laughs> I know, right? And um, I think it's time for us to talk to about another very wealthy person who is up to shenanigans. Oh, yes. Are we talking about uh, the Cheeto in Chief? Donnie T. <laughs> Trying Orange so hard fire. to make that work. Yeah, let's talk about <laughs> Donald Trump and the impeachment proceedings. What do they call him on Race to the Bottom? Omelette Bar? Let's give a shout-out to the show before us. <laughs> Omelette Bar. Oh, also, um, we've been asked to go on to Race to the Bottom um, next week to talk about uh, the primaries and everyone's position on criminal justice reform. Oh, I will be at a wedding next week. Oh, <laughs> well, I'll have to muscle through on my own then. Maybe, maybe, maybe I can do a call in though. Okay, that would be really fun, actually. Yeah, I'll try and call in. We'll work it out later, but oh my goodness, wedding sounds like fun. You'll be champagne drunk yeah, I... on the show. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's talk about the impeachment. Um, do you want to start with like what is going on with Trump, and then we can go through the impeachment process? Sure. I want to, yeah, because I want to talk about, like, why this is all happening, right? Yeah, go for it. It's a little confusing. 
Okay, so it was. It all started with the transcript of that call with the Ukrainian president um, being released. First of all, let's be clear: it's not an actual transcript. It is some handwritten notes of pe- that were done by people in the White House. Okay, so, whatever. And it's not an uh, why is Trump talking to this guy? He was talking to the president of the Ukraine for a couple of reasons, but the the biggest takeaway is that he was the you know he was it was reported that he's pressing the the president of the Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden um, and to get, dig up dirt on him because Biden he Cheeto and she thinks that Biden is the biggest threat in the election. Yeah. Right. So, so <clears throat> just to go into a little bit more specifics, uh, the Washington Post uh, did this investigation um, through this uh, whistleblower complaint. And actually, the whistleblower I read actually had gone to, I believe it was like the CIA or somewhere, trying to get this heard internally before going public. And uh, yeah. the, it's the notes from this phone call, uh, which was between uh, Trump and the president of the Ukraine. And uh, so the United States um, at some point had agreed to give the Ukraine a certain amount of money. The Ukraine's kind of fucked. There's all these issues. So it's kind of like a let's help you out check. Yeah, um, they're, they're fighting off Russian invasion, basically. Yeah. Is what they're, is what they're doing. And, and we were supposed to, we, were, we promised, we as a country promised them support and aid. And he withheld that aid. Yeah. So we promised a uh, $391 million aid package to the Ukraine. And uh, Trump had uh, frozen that. And then, like, literally a few days later had this phone call where, according to the notes, there's, like, a lot of back and forth. And Trump is like, well, we help you so much. You never help us. We do so much for you. We're, like, the heroes. You should worship us. Blah. And then, like, in the next breath, Trump goes, Oh, and by the way, you should look into Joe Biden and his son, Hunter Biden, uh, who worked for a Ukrainian gas company um, from 2014 to 2019. And so uh, Trump is arguing that uh, Joe Biden used his influence um, to help his son at this gas company and that Joe Biden is corrupt. Uh, Now, I suspect that Trump thinks that because that's something that Trump would have done. In that situation, yeah. So that's why he's seen. I mean, it, I mean, you know, tit for tat. Yeah. Um. This, so when I was, I'm looking at the whistleblower complaint now. It, it's not just. I mean, this call was like the pinnacle of everything, but this complaint actually says that this has been going on for months. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Uh, uh, it says, among other things, pressuring a foreign country to investigate in Maine. President's main domestic political rivals. Uh, Giuliani has been named in this complaint, uh, but it says if this has been going. This is just like this is the last straw. That's why this complaint was filed. Yeah. So we can focus on the call with President Zelensky, which, by the way, the internet has de- deemed him Monica Zelensky. I mean, poor Monica Lewinsky, uh, but that's kind of funny. Look, I love Monica Lewinsky. I got nothing bad to say about her. That poor soul got caught up in some mess when she was 21 years of age. Um, yeah, so 
the reported CIA operative that filed this complaint is really concerned, A, about our elections, but B, about our national security. And and I was, I'm glad it became public because I also, as a, an American, am concerned that we are on the verge of an authoritarian government if this guy stays in power. This is a problem. And if we don't have free elections, then we are not the United States of America. Yeah. And it's really looking like we don't. Like our last interfection, elections were interfered with by foreign powers. Oh, Mos- let's talk about Moscow Mitch next week. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and uh, so Nancy Pelosi, who's the Speaker of the House, correct? Yes. She's announced that they're going to start um, an impeachment inquiry. Uh, so an impeachment is like many, many steps. Uh, this is just the first one. <clears throat> and she is saying that they believe that there are there's there's cause to impeach Trump and they're forming a committee to uh, look into these charges and to figure out if any of them have merit and then if they do the uh, impeachment will proceed to a uh, trial basically in the Senate right yeah and so do we want to go yep. over like the the nitty-gritty like what is an impeachment? Sure, I'll go over the basic steps, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, a resolution has to be introduced in the House, and then Nancy Pelosi must direct the House officially um, to hold a hearing on the resolution to decide whether to put the measure to a vote in that House mm-hmm. uh, by, by full chamber and when the vote will be held. And then um, a simple majority must approve that resolution and then and then once that vote happens if they vote to move it further then a full vote of the house will happen right yeah so and then uh let me think um okay so that so the that's after the full vote that's when they draw up the articles of impeachment yeah, and then right. it gets okay, so kicked this, to the Senate. Right. Then it moves to the Senate where the quote-unquote trial is held to determine if the president has committed any crime, uh, high crimes and misdemeanors, if you will. Um, and there, But there's no set procedure on on what uh, impeachment trial looks like in the Senate, which is very strange to me. I didn't really know that until a couple of days ago. Yeah. Well, no, I was reading... There's this really great explainer by NBC, and uh, they were just saying it's basically a trial, you know, like the Supreme Court Chief Justice, which is John Roberts, who's a swing vote, leaning a little conservative. He's going to be mm-hmm. the 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 judge, and yep, then um, there's two people from the House who are picked to be like prosecutors, and then the president mm-hmm. shows up with a very put upon Giuliani, and they have a trial with like evidence and witnesses. And then the Senate is basically uh, the jury. The, the jury. Yeah. Yep. Um, but the only part that's public is the Senate vote, right? That was my impression. Yes, that's the only part that's public. And it takes two-thirds of the Senate to actually convict the president. Yeah. 
Um, and if he's found guilty, the only punishment is that he's removed from office. Yeah. And then the and then well, then the vice president would be sworn in. But as of this week, it looks like Pelosi is also throwing Pence into the mix because she might be president of the United States. Because as Speaker of the House, she's third in line. Oh my God! Power grab. Power grab. Wouldn't it be wild if the first woman president was Nancy Pelosi? By a a full power grab only, and not because she was elected? Oh, that feels weird, but I also hate Pence. Although I do think Pence would probably be less catastrophic than Trump in some ways. Well, I think he would become a lame duck president. Like, he he couldn't get anything done. Well, Trump can't get anything done either. Well, he can't get anything done, but there's no way that that Pence would be able to get anything done. If you look at Nixon when he resigned and Ford took office, he didn't get anything done either, except pardoning Nixon. Like that's the only <laughs> thing he did. So, um, you know, like two presidents have gone through this process. There's Clinton, who was not convicted, and Andrew Jackson from way back in the day, also not convicted. Yeah, it's very hard. And then, of course, Nixon was, did go through the impeachment process, but he resigned before the trial because he thought that he would be found guilty. Exactly. And he probably would have, considering yeah. the high crimes and misdemeanors that he took part in. And it's funny, too, though, because high crimes and misdemeanors doesn't actually mean anything. They were, I was like reading this article, and they were like, yeah, it's basically if a president is acting unpresidential and just kind of screwing things up. It's like they're just judging, like, his competence. Yeah. You're going to impeach a guy on a misdemeanor? Like a parking ticket. You know what I mean? Like, the the phrase is kind of ludicrous. Well, and also they made that TV show, High Crimes and Misdemeanors, which I think is really screwing with my perception of the impeachment process. Because I'm like, oh, lol, Mm. it's a buddy comedy. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Trump and Putin just, like, hanging out. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's where we're at. You know, we're at, a, we're at buddy company level here. It's, it's, it's fucked up. So, yeah, so Putin came out this week and said, I'm really disappointed that they released the transcript. I hope they don't do that for our conversation. Oh, my God, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So He does know that like, this stuff is supposed to be, like, public record light. Yeah. Yeah. Part of me thinks that Putin is like backing away from the president and like just kind of like washing his hands and well, saying like, well, this guy's out. This guy's out. It doesn't matter. He's been doing that for a while, though. You know, I, like I the so relationship yeah. between Putin and Trump has really cooled. You know, like Trump is like, oh, we're best friends. And Putin's like, mm. not really. Not really. Uh, so it's interesting. Yeah. This is crazy. I really wish I was in a newsroom right now. You know? I I think think my mind couldn't handle all the shit that comes in in a newsroom. (laughs) I I think I would I think I would have a breakdown. It was fun. I was I'm a Go ahead. I was with the Daily Beast during the elections and NBC um, like the first Uh few months of Trump's presidency and um it was just like really wild because you have like a wall of TVs with all the different broadcast networks doing commentary and like you'll check your email and you'll get like this like 500 page PDF 
uh, from like yeah. whoever. And it is just very, it's like very exciting. Uh, but also, um, I don't know, like, I think that this has been going for a while and it just kind of hit the critical mass. It's kind of like Trump's doing the, the same thing he was doing with Hillary Clinton and now he's doing it with Joe Biden. And I think that um, that Democrats are just kind of like, enough is enough. Like, you can't do this. Yeah. Yep. So. I, I don't know. I'm a news junkie. I have CNN on all day in my office. Like, yeah. I, I, I do. It's so, a newsroom, I think it would just, it would blow my mind. It would be too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> I have to check myself in somewhere. It does drive you a little crazy. Like during Thanksgiving, um, I was like talking to my uncle, who's a little conservative, and I just started talking about these like filings from the like FEC or whatever, and his eyes glaze over, and I'm like screaming at the turkey. So you do lose your mind so, a little bit. <laughs> uh, did you you were, you told me that you met Giuliani once, right? Yeah, like I did. A, yeah, and you had like a. Like you, it was a very warm experience. He was super nice, right? <laughs> Anything changed? Uh, well, I mean, I think that he's like a nice uh, Republican primary runner. <laughs> I think he's lost his mind. Uh, I think Giuliani is like he stepped in it. I think he's in over his head. Uh, I personally kind of get the sense that he. He kind of reminds me a little bit of, uh, what's his phrase, Trump's previous lawyer? Kasowitz? What? Mark Kasowitz? No, the one that got in trouble. Uh, Manafort. Yeah, no, not Paul Manafort. No, 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 Michael Cohen. Michael, Michael Cohen. Cohen. Giuliani reminds There's me... There's so many. <laughs> so many, I'm sorry. Giuliani <laughs> reminds me a little bit of Michael Cohen. Where you could, there was like a point where you see him on TV and there's like fear in his eyes and you're just kind of like, well, do or die. Yeah. And I think Giuliani's yeah. kind of at that point. I think, well, I think he's lost his goddamn mind. I don't know. Way. It's like, I just can't like uh, reconcile with like cute grandpa figure who's going to chalk to like a 14 year old. He's, he's, he's losing it. He's not cute grandpa. Not cute. Not cute grandpa. Aww. Cute grandpa is like, is like, I don't know. Pick one. Like, not that. But he, he ate pretzels he and cheese with me. Okay. <laughs> I, I will eat pretzels and cheese with you, too. I'll be cute grandma. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're actually wrapping up our show. Um, I guess Giuliani is on the outs. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for joining us. This is Crime Talk BK. Please join us next week. Come tune in at 10 a.m. so you can hear me talk. 